podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. More great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Welcome back to a Christmas Eve special of the FPL Masterclass. I'm your host, Haydar Abani. I'm joined by Rob, as always. Guys, as always, give us a follow on at TF Masterclass. Give myself a follow on at Haydar underscore Abani. And give Rob a follow on at underscore Rob underscore B. Rob, it's been a crazy, crazy few weeks. Well, I'm going to say four weeks, really, of FPL. Since we last did the show, there's been COVID cases, there's been cancellations. Just as we're doing the show today, there's been three cancellations now with Everton's game off as well. It's an absolute wreck. I used my free hit last week, so I'm sitting here thinking, what am I going to do with my three Liverpool players not playing? But you're sitting here and you're you're pretty happy, aren't you, with the way things are going in the top uh, 4,000 in the world? So happy days for you. Yes, I'm delighted. Uh, I think... The, these COVID times and these games being postponed are going to be real tests of FPL managers' patience. Because I always say that, don't I, that FPL is about patience. Look, see how it goes. Look at the stats. Follow the trends. Don't do it by emotion. And, of course, when you get all these games coming up, especially at Christmas, when you've got um, a new wild card to use in just a couple of weeks' time, people start getting itchy feet and itchy triggers bang, 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 I'm getting rid of players, I'm getting new players in. Well, don't do that. We'll tell you why you shouldn't do that. But this week, obviously, the big news was that FPL had given everyone an extra free hit chip. So obviously, you can make unlimited transfers for one week only. However, if like Haydar, that you used yours last week, you cannot use the bonus chip until next week. But if you've got that free chip from your initial opening gambit of the first 19 weeks of FPL, and that's in your pocket, then, of course, you can use it this week. I am going to use it this week because of my Liverpool players obviously being out of my squad due to COVID. Yeah, absolutely. And, guys, we are going to talk about uh, the African Cup of Nations after as well. We're going to talk about, you know, Salah will be will be gone after a couple of weeks along with a host of other players. So we will talk about that and also we'll discuss, you know, what the, the solutions or the other viable options are. But let's start with Rob. Uh, last week's total. So you had a really fantastic week. The average was actually 39. I got 62 points. Uh, you got 70 points. I was really happy with, with how I came out last week, as you are as well. Highest points total was 121. I mean, the key here really, as we said at the beginning of the show, Rob, you know, your overall ranking is, you know, 3,866th in the world, which is absolutely fantastic. You're hitting that 50 to 60 points every single week, um, which is really great. So what were your comments on that? Because, you know, you have been consistent in sort of what you're going to be doing every single week and it, it is paying dividends, isn't it? Yeah, playing the averages and just looking at the numbers and, and sticking with the numbers rather than just, again, going with feelings and some players. And I have with, you know, through the season, you always get one or two players that come through and you think, yeah, I'd like to play. I'd like to bring that player in and see what happens. But it's more about just sticking to the averages. So I've always said that kind of 50 to 60 points is the average, what you should be aiming for. So if I get 70 in a week, I'm always very happy. If you look at the game week rank for my 70 points, it's actually only 250,000th in the world. It's no, nothing really to shake about. 
But the point of it is, is that if you do that every week, you will still go up the complete ranking. So you can see there that I'm now 3,866 in the world. And we've, and again, it's using this formula. This is why we do this show to talk about methodology to keep you moving up the right way in FPL. And then, of course, hopefully at the end of the season with your private leagues, you should be top and winning it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Sheshar saying here that um, he had a very good team, uh, but with cancellations, he's only got nine to start. And with the extra free hit, he wants to use it this week. So we will discuss the free hit. But Rob, you know, we've got your team here from last week as well. We're very, yeah. well, obviously now I've started watching the show. So myself, so, you know, our teams are very, very <laughs> similar. Um, look, I mean, I'm going to go through, we've got the same goalkeeper. Uh, we both got Trent, you know, and Cancelo was fantastic. He was, I mean, he's, he's him along with Trent is uh, for me, two essentials you have to have in your team. We both had James. You had Alonso as well, who got nine points. Um, and midfield, very, very similar, apart from the fact you had Montelelli. That was a great little shout. I think, you know, he's he's hitting some fantastic form. He got 15 points. Uh, Arsenal ran right. I mean, you, uh, Smith Rowe came on as well and scored, and you had Saka. Uh, we both had Foden. Obviously, he wasn't playing because of uh, the fact that, um, you know, he went out with Grealish and, uh, and got dropped. I'm surprised there's not more about that. Well, I know why not. And then you look as well, Watkins didn't play. That game was cancelled very late on. I had Lacazette, who got me five points. I had Gelhart as well, actually, who got me four points. He got the assist. So you you still hit 70 points, and you didn't have all your 11 players playing. You did have Watkins out. So all in all, that's a really good return. Yeah, I was happy with it. You know, again, if Foden had bothered to uh, not go out and uh, go training and be healthy and all of those things, this could have very easily been an 80-point-plus week he would have started that game. So I, I kind of banked on him starting. And of course, he didn't even appear in the squad. But as you just saying there, across the lines, looking at kind of defence, midfield and attack. I, I just think now at this point of the season, when you're getting to December and January, it starts to get easier. You know, it's about looking at the teams who are consistently getting clean sheets, who are performing. And you, you can kind of stick to that top four. Look at the top four and make sure that you're maximising out. So you look at it here. What have I got? I've got three Liverpool players, three City players, though one let me down, as we just talked about. And I've got two Chelsea players. And I have had three Chelsea players at some point before as well. I did consider Jorginho, especially with him being on penalty duty, but obviously got injured. So looking at this squad, this has been a squad kind of maybe kind of made out of a 12 or 13 week period where I maybe tweaked a few bits and pieces. Watkins came into my squad last week. What happens? Villa go under COVID protocol. He was my vice captain, as you can see there. And you get zero. But I'm okay because the hub of the team is still performing. And it also shows another thing that we said early in the season is that scoring goals is not what makes you win in FPL. Clean sheets is what makes you win in FPL. So if you can find ways to get clean sheets and maybe get fullbacks who give you those clean sheets, who get you assists, then you're laughing. Alexander-Arnold, seven points. Cancelo, 18 points. How I wish I made him my captain. Alonso, nine. James, six. Not difficult. These are not difficult things to kind of work out. In the midfield, a bad week for Salah. Obviously, my perennial captain all season long. I didn't even bother changing him. But Jota got seven points. And as you said there, Martinelli at 15 at 5.1 million, as he was when I bought him. Just outstanding value with an Arsenal team now coming into form. This week, you can see that obviously on my bench and obviously with Watkins, COVID protocols are going to absolutely wreck people's teams. And that's what happened last week. Too many people jumped and used their chips too early. But I just burnt it with those four. I just thought they're not worth it. You might have only got 
two points from each of those players on top. So it's not really a big problem. But this week, if you've got that extra chip, it's time to use it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. Something very interesting. I was I was looking at my team even, Rob, and uh, it's crazy how it's almost made up of only City, uh, Liverpool, Chelsea, and you think Arsenal even. Uh, so it's I don't think I've ever seen a year where because in these teams, you know, you've got for example Bernardo Silva, who's who's you know around eight million. You've got um, for example Jota, who's like you know seven point nine million. The premiums aren't doing as well this year, barring Salah. Really, Martinelli's so cheap. You know, Smith Rowe's had a great season, and you look at James and Alonso. Obviously, the defenders are on the expensive end, but they're really providing you with the real foundations and the value. So when you're having a look at these teams, people have got teams made up of tops only top six players. I mean, it's crazy. I've never seen it like this. Yeah, to tell you the truth, that's normally my strategy every year. So I will always generally have three Liverpool players if they're performing well and three City players. So looking at the players I've got now, obviously Salah, Jota and Alexander-Arnold. In years gone by, it used to be Alexander-Arnold, Salah and Mane. So they were the three I always had, always. And with City this year, you know, you see that Bernardo's having a great season. Foden's having a great season. Cancelo is like the easiest pick in the world. You know, a a defender that doesn't defend, plays up the other end of the pitch, gets you goals, clean sheets and assists. And then in midfield last year, I had Gundogan. So Gundogan this year is is playing deeper. And there's a a case here to say that in the weeks ahead, that uh, looking at De Bruyne, De Bruyne starts to play and starts to get goals and assists then you might sacrifice someone like Foden and find the money in other parts of your team to bring him in. So I've always stuck with maybe, say, the top two in the league and had six players from those two. Because if you do that, you will get maximum clean sheets. You will probably get maximum goals. And you'll also get performance um, extra points and stats and values with those three and two points for man in the match performances. You'll see those six players will, will generally, from those two teams, be the guys that get the man in the match awards. Yeah, no, I, I do agree with that. We're going to move on, guys, now to uh, you know sort of the fixture, the fixture table that you can get from um, Fantasy Football Scout. So as you can see here on the screen, you've got uh, at the top the teams with the easiest fixtures. Surprising, Manchester United are there. You got West Ham there as well. And at the bottom teams with the most difficult ones. But Rob, the most obvious thing here is you're looking at Everton, Leeds, Watford, Wolves, Liverpool, Burnley are all not playing this week. So. Um, how are you sort of, we talk about the free hit, but how are you sort of strategizing? Because we've spoken about the, we'll talk about the Afri- African Cup of Nations, the AFCON here as well, because you've got um, Salah, who's going to be here for a couple more game weeks. He's got the Leicester and Chelsea game. Uh, and there's a few other players as well that won't be here. So there are going to be a lot of people that will be looking to cash in on Salah now. That's probably a massive mistake, isn't it? It's a massive mistake because Salah has got two more games to go. So if Salah is fit and Liverpool fit and they play, and obviously COVID doesn't affect them again, you're still going to get points out of Salah. So again, do not go too early. And this is something we see in FPL every season. Where I think AFCON is always a, a difficult one for managers because there's a whole swathe of players that will, will be gone. And we're actually going to look at them in a minute, but we will stay with this slide and look at kind of where we are with stuff at the moment. When you look at Manchester United at the top, if I was planning ahead now for the next four weeks, I would definitely be kind of targeting United and looking at those fixtures. But... This is a free hit week. So what counts? Only week 19. That's it. Because at the end of week 19, the squad resets itself. So it's absolutely no point in doing what we normally do, which would be looking at week 20, 21 and 22. We will touch on those for managers who haven't got a free hit chip. Obviously, like yourself, Haydar, there is a kind of more of a long-term planning strategy here because you're not going to use that chip immediately because it's gone. 
But we need to look at week 19 first. And we'll also look at AFCON and kind of start to strategize around the players that you won't be able to pick. Because there will be some who have done well this year who will simply vanish for four weeks or maybe three weeks. And that will really mess up your squad. So you'll need to keep your, your wild card or maybe another free hit chip just for a little bit later down the line. So, I mean, just looking at my team now, and obviously we'll look at it in more detail, but, um, you know, before these cancellations, I was like, right, I'm going to bench boost because I'm really happy with my squad. I looked at my bench mm. and my bench was, uh, from last week, my bench was Cancelo, Dallo, and Dennis. And I was yeah. thinking, I, I, or Tony. So I was thinking, you know, I was really happy to do that. It's completely knocked me out of kilter because I've got um, Salah and Jota not playing. Trent's sitting on my bench now, and Rafinha is also not playing. So I'm now looking. Mm-hmm. I've got Dallo secured for this week, and he's my main United pick. I'm still not 100% sure on United. I know we're going to talk about it in weeks to come, Rob. Obviously, we're focusing on game week 19. But United still haven't shown me enough to say, right, time to bring Ronaldo in for 12.5 million. Because they just haven't really got going yet, obviously, with a new manager. Um, but when I'm looking at a few of these other... Are there any other teams here that are, you know, sort of fixtures in game weeks 19 that you've looked at and thought, right? Because, look, Tottenham have really hit some form they were fantastic last week against liverpool they're looking very much more solid they've got a threat going forward i mean they should have won the game really uh harry kane possibly you know as a player i think son for me i'd be looking at him and thinking i mean usman saying here um you know who's swapping salah for son like me don't go too early usman we still got two more weeks of salah or, or do go as well because then you know we'll, we'll beat you in your league but um yeah, having a look at tottenham <laughs> here there's some there's some good options. I mean, look, Ben Davis as well as a defender. Okay, he's playing in the back three, but he, I mean, Spurs are not leaking any goals really, so he's definitely an option. I think some Spurs players for sure. Yeah, I think there are some obvious picks here, and I've kind of we'll look afterwards. Obviously, at the, the squad that I've created using the free hit chip, um, but looking at as you said there about Manchester United, United with those four fixtures there, they are favourable fixtures. But like you said, is that a, is that a strategy you want to employ long term at the moment when? We don't know what the manager's going to do in terms of his selection. We can lean on Ronaldo, you can lean on Bruno, but are those two players for the premium price going to get you big numbers week after week after week? Not sure yet. I think also when you look down that week 19 column, I think the two teams that jump out at you really are Arsenal and Tottenham. So Arsenal's form is dramatically improved, more in the sense of getting clean sheets and scoring goals. Um, they've managed to kind of find a way, a kind of formula under Arteta to now maximise those parts of the pitch that that help us with FPL. So as you saw there, obviously, before Martinelli, I picked Martinelli because I kind of looked at the minutes he was playing and I was thinking, well, this guy, if he's going to play at 5.1 million for Arsenal, he's going to score at some point. And of course, last week he did that and he has done that now for the last two or three weeks. When you look at Tottenham, I think you need to look at the Conte factor. And that is a Tottenham, as the weeks go on, should start to get meaner and meaner and meaner. And what I mean by that is they're probably not going to concede goals. They'll probably play a 3-4-3. And it probably means that Kane and, yes, Son, will start to reap the rewards. So I think for the next week, those kind of three teams you can look at, United, Arsenal and Tottenham, I think you can also look at West Ham against Southampton. You you could uh, bring in a Cresswell there. Cresswell is available little bit of doubt at the moment. It's 75% chance of playing. But of course, he could get you a clean sheet and an assist because he takes most of the set pieces. Looking down the list, I don't see there being a lot of value elsewhere. You know, you, you've lost, obviously, the, the other big clubs. Manchester City, as I say every week, it doesn't matter who City are playing, you still pick those players because they all rotate 
They all get minutes. They all score goals. They might play 10 minutes and get you 25 points. It's crazy. They're one of the few teams that do that. City, Leicester. Leicester are playing better at the moment, but you would still say that City are over and favourites there. So that kind of tells you that there's maybe only like five teams that you really should be targeting, but you haven't really got much choice in that anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm not 100% hot on Chelsea right now as well. And uh, Villa looked very solid under Steven Gerrard since he's come in. I mean, he's done a really good job so far. I, I look at Spurs, Rob, and we will now look at the AFCON um, bit, a little bit a little bit more detail. But I am looking at Spurs and I'm thinking each week I'm seeing more and more of a Conte side. Um, yeah. And I think they're going to be, look, you know, even from an FPL point of view, obviously, if they can get Harry Kane scoring. He scored last week. He's only had a couple of goals, but... I'm looking at, you know, the sort of their defensive players, you know, maybe one of their full, but wingbacks, for example, you know, Regulon was mentioned in the comments. I know he didn't start the other week. It was Sessegnon, but he will probably start. I'm looking at them and thinking they're going to be, they're going to be a good option. But let's have a look at some of the key dates uh, for the AFCON. So you've got, uh, you know, the group stages between January the 9th and 20th, then around the 16th from 23rd to 26th, quarterfinals, 29th to 30th, semifinals uh, in February uh, the second to the third, and then you got the third place playoff in the final on February February the sixth. I'll be honest, Rob. I'm sitting here. I mean, look, you you'll know this in more detail. Obviously, you 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 cover these sort of things. You are a sports journalist, but I mean, how how far could Egypt go as well? Because that's the key player I'm looking at, Salah. I mean, is, are they one of the favourites? I mean, are they someone that you expect? You expecting Salah to be away for that's a considerable month, and then he's got to come back. And will he come back into it as well? That's another thing to consider. It's almost impossible to know with Afcon. Every time the Afcon is on. There's always two or three or four nations that jump forward and you can never predict it. So all you need, in terms of FPL, you need to make sure that you're just covering your bases. So when you look at the first two weeks there, January the 9th, really through to the 26th, that's the key spell, obviously, group stages. So after those first three games, we tend to know who's coming home, who's going to stay there for a little bit. So from memory from last time, I remember when Mane was kind of going through it and and uh, Senegal were doing well, but he wasn't playing particularly well. He wasn't really getting goals. And he kind of had that period where it was just very flat, but he was still out there. So if he's out there in terms of FPL, there's no point considering him. There's no point having him in your plans. So I think from January 9th, I think that's week 21 or week 22. So this is when this stuff we're going to talk about now in terms of these players, this all becomes relevant. But you need to start thinking about it now. This is why FPL is all about planning. So think about it because it means that in the weeks ahead, if you're, say you want to save a chip or you don't want to go crazy, you don't want to use your, your wild cards just yet as I'm advising, you can start to take players out now. Get them out your team now without burning points. Do your one and two week transfers and do it without having to do it with a chip. The one player do not do it with, Usman, is Salah. So you don't do it with Salah because Salah's numbers are on a different scale. I think pretty much of everyone else, you could probably burn them early, but burn them for zero points. That's what's most important. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, look, we've got up on the screen here a graphic of the players from each team who are going to be going to the AFCON. So I'm just going to pick the main ones, Rob, really. And from an FPL point of view, look, Aubameyang's not playing for Arsenal at the moment. He looks like he's going to be off at some stage. And you're looking down that list as well. Uh, Maxwell Cornet, who plays for Burnley. Um, he's been a really good player this year. Mendy as well. So you know, I did see an article today, obviously, um, that you know Tuchel's very happy with what Kepa's doing. Kepa will play. I don't have a premium keeper. You don't have a premium or a big top six keeper. And well, apart from maybe we've both got Ramsdale. Um, but then you've got looking further down the list as well. Wilf Zaha is is a key one for Palace. Um, you know they've he's been quite key for them this year. 
<clears throat> Iheanacho as well. So you'll probably see, uh, you know, more emphasis on Vardy. And you look at the Liverpool lot as well. Look, the three pretty key players, obviously, Mo Salah, Naby Keita, Sadio Mane, Mares as well. Mares has started to get a few more minutes. So you might see the likes of Raheem Sterling play a little bit more as well. Bayer doesn't play much for United, so there's not really that much of a worry there. And Saar is a very key one for Watford. I know a lot of people do have Saar. Ben Rama, he's gone off the boil a little bit for West Ham. Roman Sice is very key for Wolves. Um, you know, he's a good he's a good option in the opposition box when it comes to corners and crosses. He does pick up a few goals. So when you're looking at those players, Rob, there isn't a huge amount of players that you're thinking, right, you know, it's going to be that much of an issue. I don't think many people have got, um, you know, for example, Party or El Nenny in their team. Um, but really, it is the focus. The Liverpool lads, I would say, especially Mo Salah. And I'm looking at Saar and, and Zaha as two other players who uh, people, you know, will will have to take out or should take out now. Well, the one player you not mentioned now, I think you just probably missed him on the Assuma. list. Just below Saar. Yeah, the number one striker in FPL this oh, season. Oh, Dennis. Emmanuel Dennis. So yeah. Emmanuel Dennis, uh, for obviously often duty for Nigeria, um, has been the steal of FPL this year. Absolutely crazy points for, for the price that he was at. Literally, like, it was almost like a free transfer. You know, he was so cheap. And he's in my team as well. But I think if you're doing FPL right and you're looking at the players across the spread here, you probably shouldn't have 95% of these players in your team because they're all they're all underperformers or players that don't give you big points. So as you said, I think Saar's an obvious one. I think Dennis is an obvious one. Ben Rama was up there with the top five midfielders for a long time um, uh, across the season. Mares has started to come into some form. Mane, a bit hit or miss. Some people had uh, Iheanacho earlier in the season. When you look at everything else, they're kind of easy ones. You don't, you just don't want most of them. You know, you kind of even look at someone like Basuma at Brighton hasn't particularly had a good season. Cornet did have a, in, an injury last week, so some hamstring, kind of got, yeah, got rid of him early, so that saves you. That's so do not buy him again. Don't go back. And you have got the two Wolves boys there that play regularly and do get points with clean sheets and and the odd goal. Player like Eric Bailly, you know, you shouldn't have in your team under any circumstances. So there's lots of players like that in this list. Is that Abamyang as well? Someone who two or three weeks ago I was considering, but then obviously all of that happened to Arsenal. He's now no longer captain. He might never play for Arsenal again. We do not know. Let's see what happens. Um, but across that list, there's nothing in there that should scare you. You should start to move these players out now. If you've got a Will Zaha in your team, sell him this week or next week. Cash in, go and buy a player of equivalent value who will probably get you just as many points because none, there's no one else here that makes me think, yep, these players who are going on um, duty in Africa are going to be players that you're going to have to reconsider to buy back in. I think the only player really that obviously pops out here, of course, is Mohamed Salah because his numbers this year for FBL have been outrageous. His average weekly return is double digits. I can't remember a player that's done that over 18 weeks um, for for years. You know, I think Ronaldo back in the day used to be the only person that did that when he was at Man United. You can tell you how, how long ago that was. But this should be an easy decision for you. Do it now. Do it early so it doesn't sting. But don't waste any free chips on getting rid of these players. Just do it nice and conservatively over the next two or three weeks. Salah's only not had a return in three game weeks and we're in game week 19. It's, and last week was the third game week against Spurs or the last game. It's absolutely staggering. I mean, you, I, the, I think Sky had a graphic of it and, you know, his goal assist. His best week was against May United when he destroyed us. It was three goals and an assist. Let's not talk about that game. But Rob, what, actually, I'm going to ask you a question because I'm, I'm mulling over Dennis as well. Obviously, Dennis is not playing tomorrow with, uh, or, or sorry, on, 
far as Christmas on the 26th uh, with uh, with the cancellation there. Would you be shifting Dennis out now? I would be shifting him out if I felt that there was some monetary value to it that I can move the money elsewhere. Now, the problem with Dennis is that he's so cheap that if you sell him, what are you going to buy as an equivalent? So in a minute, when we look at the team that I've picked with the free hit chip this week, you'll see what I've done with that. So I've got Broyer in there at 5.1 because he's the only player that really kind of is an equivalent to Dennis and what Dennis's value was early doors. But of course, Dennis has now been the number one striker in FPL for a few weeks. So his value has gone up. But I, if you sell players, you need value back. Why? Because you need to go and buy players, don't you? Now, in a one-hit scenario like we've done this week, that is doable. But as you can see there, you can run across there, Haydon, you can have a look. Obviously, with the defence, midfield and attack, I don't think I've actually lost any strength by taking out my Liverpool players and using the free hit chip. Yeah, I mean, let, let's start, obviously, with the back four, because you brought in Davis. It's one that I mentioned in, earlier as well. Fantastic value of four and a half million. He's playing that Aspilicueta role, you know, Aspilicueta on that right-hand side, or back three under Conte. So he's going to play probably week in, week out. Um, he's cheaper than Dyer. He's cheaper than, um, you know, a few other options that Spurs have in defence. You brought in Cresswell as well. He He's 75% likely to to play. Um, and you've obviously still got Cancelo and the two Chelsea fullbacks or the wingbacks. But very interesting, you've doubled up on the Arsenal's, Arsenal duo. So you brought in Smith-Rowe. I mean, Smith-Rowe's had a great season, seven goals. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit because, um, you know, they've got some decent fixtures, Arsenal coming up. I mean, is there a risk Smith-Rowe won't start? Odegaard has had the most chances as well, most chances created over the last three game weeks. He's someone that I've looked at. I believe he is cheaper, Rob. You can correct me on that. I mean, was, were you ever tempted to look at Odegaard as well, who's playing week in, week out? And not that Smith-Rowe won't play. They do sometimes play as a duo, but for the value of money as well, you know, I think Odegaard is cheaper. Yeah, no, I think Odegaard is good value. If you want to go for Odegaard, no problem with that at all. Um, this is all about how do you make that money work? So... When I took my Liverpool players out and I kind of played around with some of the other players there that, that might need to go, someone like Watkins, for instance, at Villa, obviously high value at 7.8. If I was to lose him and bring in Broya at 5.1, what does that do? That puts more money in my pocket so I can play around, I can bring in better players. So that's what the free chip is designed to do here, to give that free hit, to just be able to spread the money out a little bit more. So just starting from the very, very top, Sanchez and Ramsdale, my two goalkeepers, I'm not changing them all season long. Unless one of them breaks a leg or something like that, those two, those two uh, goalkeepers at 4.5 and 4.8 will be my goalkeepers for the whole of the season. So I'm not even thinking about them. We look at the defence. What have I had to change? Well, Cancelo remains, Alonso remains and James remains. Chelsea, even when they're not playing well, they're still going to be a defensive entity. So you keep the fullbacks, and those two fullbacks look like they are the starters at the moment. Obviously, Ben Chilwell being injured. So then there's a bit, as we said, about Tottenham and Arsenal, and how does that work? I brought Davis in at 4.5, because as you were, said before, Regulon hasn't played for two weeks, and that was because he had an injury, but he was coming off the bench, which makes it worse because you don't want him playing 18 minutes off the bench, do you? Just to kind of get him in there, because that ruins it. You put him in your team, you get one point and maybe even zero points if he gets a yellow card in that time. So I've gone for Davis because Davis has played 90 minutes week after week after week after week. So I'm relying on him to play and get me. If he gets a clean sheet, he should get the additional numbers for playing a full game. As you said as well, Cresswell, I explained earlier on, 
chucking him in there for the potential of getting a clean sheet and some and bonus points there. In the midfield, with Martinelli, obviously, who's part of my team initially, I went with Smith Rowe because he came off the bench, didn't he, in the last game for like 15, 20 minutes, and he was electric. He scored a goal. I think he got the winner, didn't he, in that last match. Um, and he's just a player that's living and dying in the opposition half. That's what I want from my strike, from my midfielders of, of that position. Odegaard has done well, but he's still a little bit more of a deeper playmaker. He has also picked up great points, but that's why I went for those two Arsenal boys. The other player I put in here is just to kind of get my Chelsea numbers up there is Mason Mount. Mason Mount's had incredible productivity the last two or three weeks. I think mean, 7.7, it's just easy. Just no point even debating it. And then around him are those three City players. At the top end of the pitch is where I've had to kind of make some choices and maybe kind of move things around a little bit. So I've gone for Ronaldo this week. Why? Because it's Newcastle. I think if it was United versus anyone else. You know, I would, I probably wouldn't have gone for Ronaldo at 12.5 million. It's his favorite team, Rob. Even back in the day, you know, when he was here from sort of 03 to, to 09, he was it's, scoring it, the, for fun. Without obviously, you know, jinxing it and all of that, Newcastle are terrible. And Man United have played Newcastle in the past when Newcastle have been terrible and failed against them. So it does happen. So that, that's a Man United perspective, not an FPL one. But Ronaldo, you should expect that if United are going to play 4 2 2 2, as they probably will on the road at Newcastle and they play that narrow system that Ronaldo will be at the point. He'll be at the top end of the pitch. And I've gone for Harry Kane because I just think it's got to happen for Harry Kane sooner or later. You know, when you look at it, they're playing Crystal Palace. Now, Crystal Palace have had a good season and have been pretty defensively sure, but they're, a, they're more of a progressive team this year, 4-3-3 going forward. But we saw at Manchester United that if you play them the correct way in midfield and you play higher and you push them back... You can get in their box. You can score goals. You can beat them. And I look at Tottenham, and I think for Harry Kane, it's it's just it's just there now, isn't it? Like you either go with Son or Kane, or in years gone by, you went with both. And I have done that before. But I think at the moment, twelve point one with Harry Kane, it's easy. Kane and Ronaldo, hopefully combined, will give me better numbers than Salah on his own for one week. So that's how I've looked at it. Because then you see, if these guys do well. Salah Ronaldo gets a hat-trick and Kane gets a hat-trick. Then I've got something to think about, haven't I, with Salah? I could think, hmm, Salah's off next week, but these two guys are now on form. Do I get rid of my team, use my my bonus uh, chip for the first week of January to bring all my players in to kind of make mix it all up? It's a little bit of an experiment to kind of see where these premium players will be in a week or two's time. So I'm just going to quickly run through a few players. That I, I mean, look, there's some questions here. Sorry, I'll, I'll get to them now. Um, so Foden, Foden on a free hit, Rob, or De Bruyne? Well, look, there's a big difference in price there, about two and a half million. So I think as long as Phil Foden hasn't been hanging out with Miss um, Grealish this week, then I think he'll probably play. But then De Bruyne, for me, it looks like he's just starting to get going. You know, he looks like a player that on a free hit, it doesn't really attract me this week because Leicester will be a difficult game in midfield. And you'll probably have someone like Ndidi clogging up the channels and doing that work in front of the Leicester defence. But on the flip side, defense, uh, Leicester have been pretty bad in defence this year, haven't they, Con considering other seasons? So I still think that Foden is the choice. And even more so in the fact that Ferran Torres will now no longer be at Manchester City, who was playing the full Stein role at times. So I think Foden, if he plays, he's either going to play left of the attack or in the middle, or if Grealish plays, 
Greenish will probably play left and Foden will be the false nine. So for me, Foden at 8 million, again, you see, it's all about prices, Haydar. I think like, like, Bernard, like Bernardo at 7.4. If people haven't bought Bernardo six weeks ago at 7.4, don't play FPL. It's too yeah. easy. That's the easy choice. That's why in Cancelo at 6.4, people might go, oh, that looks expensive for a defender. I only want to pay 5 million. Nah, 6.4 for a player that does those things. Just go and get those players and build around them because there's so much value this season and other players. That's where Martinelli and Smith Rowe are great for you because they allow you to go and get a Bernardo and not even think about it at 7.4. Cancelo at 6.4 is an incredible value for these players that get returns pretty much every week. I mean, it's crazy. I just checked. Uh, Cancelo only has, is only owned by 38.3% uh, of players this season. It's crazy. Mad. It's absolutely madness. It's absolutely crazy. But I'm looking but at you, see it's fashion. you see, it's fashion, you see, because people don't, people will buy Diaz because they think that Diaz is the guy that leads the mid in the defense in the same way they do with Van Dyke. And they'll go, oh, 6.4 for a fullback. I'm not, I'm not into that. Do it because it, you might pay an extra 0.3 or 4 than Diaz. But DS is not going to get you the weekly returns, even though he's obviously a very good player. Agreed. So I'm just going to go through my team as well at the moment. I've got three. I've got a bit of a dilemma. <laughs> so I've got three players not playing. So I've got Ramsdale in goal. Yep. I've got Reese James, Dallow and Cancelo in defence, which I'm happy mm -hmm. about. Um, I've got Salah and Jota who aren't playing. Bernardo's in my team. Rafinha, who's been fantastic for me, actually, Rob. He's been a nice little... Um, I would say he's been a nice sort of uh, differential f for me because a lot of people, I mean, he's only owned by about 17%. So there's a fair amount, but I've kept him in. I've kept my faith in him. And since game week 14, you know, he's got uh, one, two, three, four returns out of the last five game weeks, whether that's a goal or assist, he takes penalties Penalty as well. taker as well. Yeah. So he's not playing. I mean, he's, he, you know, his form's 5.3. So he's a player I'm looking at. And then I've got Gallagher as well. Uh, mm -hmm. He's playing against Tottenham. Up front, I've got Tony and Antonio. Antonio is 75% likely to play, to play, but he's got an illness. So that's my dilemma this week. And then on my bench, I've got uh, Sanchez. Uh, I've got Trent, Semedo and Dennis. So I'm thinking Rafinha are out probably for Martinelli. That's what I'm thinking at the moment. So I'll have, you know, about uh, 0.8 of a million. Uh, oh, sorry, no, just under, yeah, about 0.9 of a million to to spare. I'm actually fully maxed out in terms of what I've spent on my squad. And then I'm thinking Semedo, who's 4.8 out, possibly Davidson, I'll have a little bit in the bank as well. What are your thoughts on that? Because I'm sitting here and thinking, I'm not, I'm not going to be able, I've used my free hit. I'm not going to be able to have, um, you know, all 11 players playing. I don't want to go and burn and, and, you know, lose minus eight or more in terms of it, with transfers. No. I'm happy with my squad. Um, so, yeah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, don't burn numbers. I've, you know, so that was my first top tip at the start of the season, wasn't it? That don't do that thing where you start hemorrhaging four, eight points because you, you start tinkering and you want to do different things. I think you can look at this two ways. You, you're kind of looking at the long-term Liverpool conundrum and you're looking at the whole thing about not having a free hit chip. So you could go and sit Salah on your bench, which is probably the, the clever thing to do and sit Joshua on your bench, both of those two players are surely going to start the next two Liverpool games. But then you look around the outside. So this week, obviously, you, you could move Rafinha, but Rafinha has actually played really well in the sense that he just he's just on penalty duties all the time. He seems to be the only Leeds player who's actually worth his salt this season. So there is that. But it's all, again, about value. So those two players that you said, you could move them in this week you could also look at maybe the, the Gallagher issue. So, you know, for instance, if Gallagher's going to play Tottenham, but you're going to bring Davies in, then they kind of negate each other. Because if Gallagher has a good game, Davies is going to get negative points. Do you see what I mean? 
So I never try and pick two players that are, are facing off against each other, just in general, because it's kind of bad logic. So if you're going to go with Davies, great. But I don't think you have Gallagher. But if you've got Gallagher already and you don't want to lose points, stick with Gallagher to have a good game against Tottenham. Go and find your way into a defence that's going to get a clean sheet elsewhere. So that defence, to me, would be West Ham. So West Ham are going to play Southampton. West Ham, are they're not in great form, but they're an easy win in terms of will they get a clean sheet at home. They're more likely to against Southampton, just unless, you know, Ward-Prowse gets a set piece and and they sting you that way. But if you bring Davies in, it doesn't make sense to have Gallagher, but then you're moving too many numbers around. Do you see what I mean? It's trying to it's trying to find a way to get those two players out where you're not losing points, and then you're not going the extra step by getting a third player out just so you're having teams that play off against each other. No, I do agree with that. It's look, it's a dilemma, and I'm going to be spending you know Christmas Day and, and late into yeah. night, obviously trying to trying to figure this out. Because look, the, the reality yeah. is, Robin, we sort of end on this though, but the reality is for players that three games have been cancelled, but it could be more. That's this is a point. So you know, yeah. you've done your team here. Obviously, you're lucky you've got the free hit, but I don't want to make a change now and then find out. It's unlike well, you never know because the Villa game got cancelled, didn't it? Three hours before the game was actually meant to go on. So. Yes, there's been no reported cases, new cases for these clubs, but you don't know what's going to happen when they test again tomorrow. A hundred percent. And this is the thing. This is what I wanted to say to all our viewers at this point, is that this game, this, this team that I have constructed, has been constructed at 5pm on a Friday. Now, you might be watching this on Saturday morning. You might be watching this on Sunday morning. The deadline is, I think, 1.30 on Sunday. Do not do your team until 1 p.m. Sunday. Just don't do it. That's the correct way to play FPL, yeah? Use the deadline. Don't do it early because, again, you know, Usman, sorry to bring you up here, mate, but, again, you kind of already decided that sun's coming in and you'll do it and you burn it and do it. Well, Tottenham's game might get called off like 10 minutes before it's due to start. So don't do it until you 100% have to do it and then you know that you're in the best position possible. Like you just said, I think as well, um, uh, COVID protocols, uh, who was it you just mentioned? Antonio, did you say, was it? Antonio was yeah, at the top Antonio, end? Yeah. Antonio's got COVID. He's got COVID. He's, he's out. But they don't know he might be able to just sneak back in through the protocol. Um, but I would almost definitely say that he's one of those players that you could just kind of say for this week to bin to one side. Because even if he is fit, it's very difficult to bring in a player that's not been training for, you know, 10 days effectively. I think seven days now with obviously the new regulations. So just wait and see. If you can, if you can kind of hold your fire until Sunday morning and then on Sunday morning, you'll get the most kind of relevant updates. Just keep checking. Don't worry too much about this week's manager's um, com press conferences because it's changing so quickly. But we could lose another game or two or three or four or five by the time we get to Boxing Day. So just wait and see. Absolutely. And look, I think that's usually my tactic anyway, Rob. You know, I do my team genuinely like an hour before of the game week, uh, put my alarm on to make sure that I don't forget. And Set your alarms on your phone. Yeah. Set your alarms genuinely. on your phones to go off an hour before the deadline. That's the <laughs> correct way to do it. Yeah, I do that every single week. But look, guys, that is the end of this show. Good luck for game week 19. It is uh, Christmas Eve today, so have a fantastic Christmas day. And myself and Rob will be back. Uh, next time so make sure you do check out all the other content as well Rob we should have a masterclass shouldn't we on the 27th and so do you want to tell the listeners a bit more about that 
Yeah, we'll see what at the moment because of COVID and just again talking to people at football clubs, it's so up in the up in the air. This is why we haven't done an FPL show for two weeks because it's kind of silly doing you tips and hints when those games get wiped out. Now, as it stands, looking at the clubs, there shouldn't be additional cases. But as they test every day and twice a day, we can't kind of say for sure. So let's see what happens. We will do our normal FPL show after the United match. We'll see whether we do it either immediately after or maybe the following day. Me and Haydon need to work that out, first of all. But we will definitely do a masterclass if Man United play. And fingers crossed they do, because I think we need to see United out on a football pitch. Oh, yeah. Needs United. Yeah, we need to get these guys out there and see what Ranjit can do. Um, but of course, they had 19 cases of COVID at Carrington only just last week. So that tells you how widespread this disease is. And it's, it's incredibly hard to manage, not just obviously in football, but in real life. You know, when you're away from football, any any business at the moment trying to trying to exist and keep going while these COVID cases are dropping. It's really, really difficult. So we will wait and see. But of course, if we can, we'll bring you the masterclass. Fingers crossed we'll actually get a game with Man United versus Newcastle. Absolutely. And guys, as always, give us a follow on at TF Masterclass. Give myself a follow on at Hayda underscore Robani. And give Rob a follow on at underscore Rob underscore Merry Christmas as well to everyone. Merry Christmas to all our viewers. And again, thank you for being with us this season and uh, stick with us into the new year. Absolutely. Merry Christmas and we'll see you all next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.